And welcome back to another edition of the Podman. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. I'm Podman Ron. I'm Alex. Alex, you're joining us here. You, uh, what? I cannot I'm wait back. to hear what special occasion has brought you back, young young Podman. I've just been watching a lot of shit, you know. Wow, like like literal shit and good shit. It's just like you know, just had a lot to say. Have a lot to talk about. No, I feel like I've missed out a lot. Now, watching literal shit means you're actually viewing defecation? Yes. No, it's all figurative. (laughs) Cat videos. (laughs) Is that what we're reviewing now? He's getting into scat. Oh, boy. Well, our (laughs) Brian's young listener will enjoy this. It's a Reddit forum. Yeah, obviously. Scat NSFW. All right. Uh, but oh, it's, <laughs> this is starting off, starting off horribly. And we're off. And we're off. PMR, PMR, you're on vacation, is what, what I'm understanding. Uh, I'm on a, um, yeah, something like a, a that. retreat. Yeah, just, I'm on a retreat. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out the uh, Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Riley, uh, North Carolina. Wow, for sitting around the fire pit for, with an old fashioned in his hand, a seventeen dollar old fashioned. For all you uh, fans out here, Raleigh, North Carolina, if you want to come on down and uh, <laughs> meet PMR, buy him a drink. PMR, <laughs> Raleigh, PMR. North Carolina, I am in you. <laughs> <laughs> come, come, five PMR a drink by the fire. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen next? He's got a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these people around me. Oh, uh, if only you would turn and the, the video. Crowd, you know, the crowd goes wild here. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. The pod, pod uh, people are lining yeah. up. Uh, speak- they are. <laughs> I've let my location known. Now it's really going to get crazy. Yeah, yeah. You better, you better be glad we're not uh, live on this. Uh, also, uh, we understand not only not only are you on a retreat, but you sustained an injury. Was this on the retreat? It was not. It uh. was uh, before the retreat, and. Uh, <laughs> I will just say it had something to do with an iPhone, a swimming pool, and my left shoulder. So, oh, wow. Believe it that. Nope. Wow. Why can't you give the details? We could say, uh, okay, and a bicycle. How's that? <laughs> a bicycle, <laughs> pool, an iPhone, and his left shoulder. Use your no, come on. So, from there. I mean, from there, I, I can only imagine that he was looking up uh, scat videos on his iPhone while walking by the pool, <laughs> slipped, fell against the concrete, and dislocated his shoulder. That's my guess. Where's the bike at? Ah, huh? huh? oh, damn it. How can you, how do you not, how do you not tease it and then not tell us the story? Because Bond. I would rather... It just left us to the a listener's imagination. Maybe we can have a contest out of this, Brian. Can, people, people write a fan, fan fiction story of how PMR busted his arm. I love this idea of a PMR fan fiction. We can start a subreddit. PMR fan fictions. Why not? I like it. I like it a lot. It makes sense, actually. Where are you, Alex? Alex is at Walmart, apparently. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. 
Me and Walgreens just uh, chilling out right Walgreens. now, you know? I just come here and hang here every Monday night. Oh, great. Someone's coming out. <laughs> Brian, do you... Should we just wrap this up and then you and I will hop on the line a little bit later? Give me about five minutes. What? <laughs> just wrap it. Shut it down. Oh, PMR. Oh, Absolute God. Alex. All right. Well, you know what? Enough of this nonsense, because I know we've got a little bit of something to talk about in the news. <laughs> what was that, PMR? Uh, they out on me. Oh, okay. Well. I think I think we'll be okay. Um, Brian, tell us <laughs> tell us what's going on in the news. I know there was a little bit of controversy uh, caused by just a, a, a cover of a magazine caused a little bit of contro- yeah. controversy and consternation amongst the pod men. Yeah, there's uh, some opinion, but uh, Empire Magazine released their cover uh, this week uh, the Black Panther or Wakanda Forever Black Panther. And it's got um, Angela Bassett, you know, as T'Challa's mom. It's Perfect. got Suri in the foreground. Excellent. And then it's got Namor uh, behind her. And of the three, Namor's the shortest. <laughs> which <laughs> it could right be because the they're in the foreground, right, Alex? <laughs> well, if Angela, he's still shorter than Angela Bassett. Is she's, that why he's wearing that big old helmet? And he's got a gigantic panther headdress. I assume, well, maybe it's a... What's it, a quizzical? Yeah, that? yeah. It's you Quizzic- know, the feathers and uh, very ornate. Very ornate. It's yeah, I mean it's huge. It's uh which uh, harkens back to we said it in the green room, but you know, who wore it better? Uh Namor or Carmen Miranda? <laughs> it's it, it's a little uh it's a little different, but Alex, you you are not uh, you're you're signed up for it. Yes. Hold on one second. I'm oh, okay, checking sorry. out Walgreens. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, this like son. Yeah, this headdress has got away easily twenty pounds, feathers and all, possibly thirty-five. Let me ask you this quick question. I, I saw it briefly. Is it a, of an animal? This headdress, or is yeah, it- it's some sort of like uh, an aquatic tiger. It's not not even a fish. It should be a fish. It's not even a fish. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a panther kind of, but there's also feathers. And why why would the king of the sea have a land animal as his headdress? Well, we'll find out. Right. But I mean, it seems like he is either, uh, I don't know, Maya or uh, Aztec (laughs) descent. I'm back. Took took me a bit. All right. Listen here, folks. Okay. Give it to us, Alex. Listen, I get it. It's a silly looking headdress. But here's the thing. What Ryan Coogler said about the film is that his version of Namor, Submariner, culture of Lumeria or whatever, it takes place. It takes high inspiration from that of like Mayan culture. And like that that's where this ancient civilization is. It's just like a crown. It's not like. Or anything like that. It's just this ornate like headpiece for him to sit on his throne and look boss in. Okay. And my question, but cool. my question is, if he's the king of the sea or king of this underwater 
civilization shouldn't it be like a big old fish head or something like a big tuna head or like a, a, a tuna or whatever or, yeah 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 you know I, why would he have an animal like a mammal head because he's also half like human like that's oh. all they would na- name more it's like he's half land half yeah. man. did you not like know that pmr did you well, not? I didn't know that. Of course, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah but it, it's still weird. Like he's the king of of an underwater kingdom. Like, why would he? Like, they don't know. Why would they? Why would he wear that? Because how how many of them have seen a ma- a land mammal? It's just well, weird. We see them on land in the trailer. It's not too far off to think that they've been on land and seen a lion before. I don't think that's too hard to. to really picture i mean namor's on land in the trailer tuma and his wife run the land like they're just more covert and i think i think a lot of it goes back to mayan culture again where lions and bigger cats like that were perceived as like royal gods and things so it's just like it's just one of those connections where ryan coogler is just blending these cultures together in a really interesting way what about the logistics of trying to swim with a 30-pound uh, helmet? Feathers. The feathers. And feathers. Like, it's, the, the, there's there's going to be tons of resistance in the current from these feathers. He's not very fast. Listen, Aquaman... How do keep it on? He keeps Aquaman. butting the bottom of the ocean. He, keeps, he, he gets his trajectory up, and then he just so, slowly, gravity pulls him back down. Aquaman wears a big rubber orange suit and we didn't complain almost uh, it's you, just a, it's you just might a assume crowd. that aquaman suit was made out of gold right that, yeah yeah fair point fish scales <laughs> it was made out of fish scales golden delicious I, my fish whole gold. thing is, is so aquaman killed his friends to wear in his body that's a little fucked up. no he inherited it from his ancestor who Watch killed the movie killed, alex who killed a bunch who of fish killed his yeah fish. oh okay <laughs> Exactly. Then you got Orm with that big silver, like, fucking, I don't know, like, shell on his head. Orm's uh, helmet looks <laughs> looks spelt. It looks aerodynamic compared to this monstrosity. It's like literally, underwater? this headdress is four times the size of his head. <laughs> yeah, but, and it's cool. Again, it does <laughs> look cool. It's not cool. It looks cool. And it's if it's cool, just an ornate... King crown type thing, then that totally makes sense. Now, if he's swimming with that full flesh on, maybe that's a little goofy. But if he's just sitting there on his his throne, I mean, I can't keep a hat on when I'm swimming underwater. Right. Well, we and I've tried, (laughs) and Lord knows I've tried on a bicycle (laughs) with my iPod, iPhone in my hand, (laughs) my iPhone, my bike. Now we know. Now we know. It don't work. I mean, my guess is that, and again, the timing, the timeline of what I'm about to say doesn't make sense whatsoever, but my guess is, is that, you know, again, he's Aztec or Mayan and the, the culture, you know, they're, they're tying that in with Atlantis and now those people live under sea, but they retain the culture from the land maybe. But that that makes no sense. But that's my guess. Yeah, it makes it makes it. Well, here here's the problem, and I, I, I put my finger on it earlier today when I was thinking about this stuff. Part of the reason this stuff, a lot of these things, especially in Phase Four or whatever phase we're in right now, bother me so much. And, and we've said it on the podcast. It's like uh, uh, it's just a superhero movie, you know, just suspension of uh, disbelief. I, I don't think too hard about it. it. It's okay if it doesn't make sense. 
That is not the mantra of phases one through and three. Phases <laughs> one, two, uh, one, two, and three were pretty tight, like from a uh, uh, from a writing standpoint, from a conceptualization standpoint, from from a world building, universe building standpoint. Now we're getting into all this stuff where. You know, uh, you've got the uh, the wrecking crew, and and they don't even oh, have no. the right weapons Back and all that kind of stuff. Crew. It's <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like like it's like whoa, now now suddenly we're making these concessions when uh, it's oh, it's just a superhero movie. Just enjoy it. Ah, oh, don't think too hard about it. Well, no, that's not the way. That the reason the Marvel MCU got became so popular and and and, and beloved by fans is because they didn't like just throw shit away for the sake of throwing shit away. You know, they, they made stuff count. So, like, when you get the Thunderbolts and it's not the Thunderbolts and people are like, oh, well, just, you know, it's it's the Dark Avengers. It's not the Thunderbolts. Don't tell me it's the Thunderbolts. It, it's We've got to this point now where canon doesn't matter. Like, uh, the, the, the connections back to the comics doesn't matter. Everything can be – it can be just bastardized. Because, ah, it's just a superhero movie. Chill out. No, like, that's that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. That's that, and that's a big chink in the armor of Phase Four, is that they've stopped trying. They've stopped trying as hard. They're they're not keeping their ship as tight as they once did. Uh, they're bringing in all these other writers and creators and stuff, and the quality control is not there. You don't you, basically you don't have editorial. If you want to liken it to a comic book, you know scenario, the Marvel universe was built on tight editorial. The most important part of the Marvel universe. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s was it was one editorial team. They were all New York-based. All the writers worked out of the same office. There was that connectivity. We don't have that anymore in the comics, and now we don't have it in the MCU. And you can feel it. So, but yeah, just like this, it's uh, now they're saying, um, well, you know, like, uh, Namor, uh, part of this, uh, another part of this article is uh, that uh, Namor, they're confirming Namor is the first mutant. Right. So, uh, you know, they've yeah. they haven't said how, I guess, other than the wings on his feet. But he's the first mutant. So. Well, we got to also see if he was if, like the true Namor in the comics, if he was around during World War Two, because right. Namor ages uh, slowly. So that's he may be the first mutant due to that. So I don't know. there's a lot going on. I agree yeah, with you. That they, they've kind of lot let a lot. Of, get loosey goosey here in the past this past phase um the she-hulk show is abysmal although i did like the last one i mean i didn't it was it was better than it had been oh that was the worst one yet that's what everybody says right there's someone who actually has liked the first five episodes of she-hulk like decently like it's all right that last episode is God fucking awful. Wow. I hated the Mr. Immortal it. stuff. I thought it was terrible. But the other stuff was, the wedding stuff was. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was like. Oh, Jesus. Well, so. For Daredevil. We can, we, uh, like, I mean, we can quickly get it. I mean, uh, a quick aside into She-Hulk. Tamara watched it. Tamara was in the room when, and watched this episode. And if and 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 she's like, "What the hell is this? Like, what the fuck is going on? This is awful." And I'm like, "Well, this is written for you. Yeah, this yeah, is Marvel's right. attempt to write a show that you would like." It's and she's like, "This." Woman. She's like, "This is garbage." Wow. So I didn't ask her. She just was in the room while we were watching it, and she tried to get into it. She's like, "This is 
just garbage. But and, at, at the same point, she's looking forward to that Julia Roberts, uh, George Clooney movie, though, right? She is. Okay, so she let's just level set. Level, level set. I'm level set. I'll go. I'll go with that. So yeah, Alex, I'll I'll get drugged to that one. Um, <laughs> well, you referred to it. How did you refer to it, Brian? Oh God! What you said it was Tamara's End Game. Oh yeah, Sir <laughs> Adventures End Game. The rom com End Game. If only Clooney Hugh Grant Roberts. shows up, <laughs> that'd be nice. God. So yeah. Uh, more news. We had we had some casting. Oh, this week. Uh, casting for um season two of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Speaking of comedy legends, talk yeah, talk about stunt casting, stunt casting. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, you can't call it stunt casting if most people have never heard of the person, All right? Andy. If you're a fan of if you're a fan of Taxi back in the seventies, you will love this stuff. You remember her as Lucas wife. Have you ever watched anybody watched Scrooge before? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know uh, what? In all fairness, in all fairness, she wasn't Kimmy Schmidt. So oh, okay. for, you, for you millennials out there, y'all will know her from Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, Carol Kane has been cast in season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds as a new engineer. She's a new engineer. I guess she's starting her career over late in life. <laughs> So before uh, there was Scotty on the Enterprise, there was this wackadoodle. That's just great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Carol uh, Carol Kane has been cast as as a uh, fresh faced engineer on the. <laughs> That's really going to get the young viewers. <laughs> what is she like? Seventy World. years old. I mean, oh, like, easily, God. easily seventy. Um, we're gonna have a. Uh, we're gonna have a. Uh, what was her name on Nightcore Thelma thing where they keep dying? <laughs> you know, when uh, they hire them too. Just old, keep replacing them, yeah. We've got uh, Better Call Saul creator Vince Gilgan has, has announced his new show. Oh. So, and did you know, PMR, did you know that Vince Gilgan came from the X Files? I did. So, yes, absolutely. But uh, they've announced. They haven't announced like the the premise or the name of the new show. It's going to be on Apple TV Plus, which Apple TV Plus is pretty tight. I mean, they got some really good content. Uh, but they did announce that it's going to uh, the lead actress is going to be Rhea Seahorn. I like Rhea Seahorn. I don't know who that is. Seahorn. Yeah, Kim Wexler. Really she, yeah, she's the best part of uh, Better uh, Better Call. She really Star. is. She is. She is the best part of that show. So, but it's not a sequel. It's not in the no, same universe. Okay. No, it's gonna be compl- it's gonna be completely something different. Um, she's gonna play but, a wacky de- detective, I'm sure. Ah. she's uh, but she's the lead in the show, and and yeah, she's fantastic. Like, uh, Alex, have you watched Better Call Saul? I have. It's on my shit list. It's Uh-oh. on your shit list. Not like uh, not the bad part of the shit list. The good part of the shit list. On the good part of the shit list. All right. All right. All right. Uh we've got <laughs> we've got another announcement for PMR. What's that? Uh Alan Richson is back on the set uh, oh, filming God. the new season of Reacher. That's the worst show <laughs> for Prime Video. I just hey, hope they gosh, have a crossover with Bosch. Gosh, you're big. <laughs> Woo wee. Look at that big guy. It look, Bosch is on freebie. <laughs> Right, which is Amazon. Right, 
uh, a reach, uh, Alan uh, Reacher season two. If they could find a way to have a Bosch Reacher crossover, that would be fantastic. Man, I tell you what, that would be awesome. Two Ooh. two terrible actors all in one show. <laughs> uh, now, Reacher is probably the God. That's such a bad show that everybody loves. <laughs> I mean, hey, Bosch, I have to say that this new Bosch sucks so bad because at least the old Bosch had a really good supporting cast. But this new one does not. So now you're just relying on Bosch. It's like he fired all the people who could act. And now it's just Bosch, his daughter, and Mimi Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they kept the worst parts of the cast. They really did. (laughs) I mean... It's like the new guys are outshining me. I, we got to do something about this. <laughs> Get rid of them. <laughs> Get rid uh, of them. Alex, have you played The Last of Us? Yes, I have. Ah, did you see the, the trailer, the HBO Max trailer I posted earlier? Pretty damn good. I don't know what that is. It's uh, like a, it's like Walking Dead, but better. And it's a video game. Um, just probably, probably the yeah. best. You lost me that video game. Well, you lost me at Walking Dead. <laughs> really great. It's a great game, and this cast is fantastic. I mean, Pedro Pascal. The um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. HBO has been treating me nicely lately with industry and House of the Dragon. I've been really enjoying HBO, so I have no doubt this will be at the same level. Yeah, it looks like uh, Walking Dead. The the uh, zombies look a little different. They they look more video gamey. They got like this huge brain on the outside of their head. They like, look like a Attack from Mars. Yeah, they have like weird mushroom kind of spores on them. Like almost like they're like crustaceans. It's kind of it's hmm. like the Pirates of the Caribbean dead people mixed with like Walking Dead. Okay, but it does look like a uh, a much bigger budget uh, zombie show than uh, than Walking Dead is. So. Alex, you're you're cutting in and out a lot. So just by the way, uh, that let's see, that might be it for the uh, for the news. All right. I do have one thing to say. I, I read today. Actually. All right, cutting into your news bit. Did you see this uh, article about Alan Rickman? He uh, they they found his journals after he died. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't read it, but I saw the headline. Yeah, he's like throwing shade at all the Harry Potter actors, <laughs> like saying like Daniel Radcliffe couldn't act, and Ouch. he don't think he's a real actor. And I mean, it's it's really bad. I mean, I mean, all, like, come on, poor Alan Rickman's in debt for like seven years, and they're like, I oh, found found something. Well, they're actually it's uh, they're releasing a uh, they're releasing a book. That's got the whole all his journals in it, where he just talks shit about everybody. Why? You're, you're cutting out really bad, Alex. I don't know if you oh, got right. headphones on or. All right, give me one second. I'll go. Or if you're on Wi-Fi, switch off Wi-Fi and you sell. But yeah, I mean, why? Why bother? Let poor Alan Rickman's thoughts rest with him. Is what I would say. No one cares about him, do we? I well, care about Alan Rickman. Uh, no, Gruber. but do I care about what he thinks that, or thought? Am I better now? Just checking. I think you're better now. 
Yeah. I will say that, uh, speaking of Hans Gruber, I did watch the episode of Rick and Morty the other night about oh, uh, yeah. Die Hard. That was it's a Die Hard. Hard. Yeah. You're doing a Die Hard on me. You're like two weeks behind. I'm like, <laughs> the story of my life. So, yeah, that's it for the news. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, I, I, Alex, if you're, if you, uh, stay with us here, I know you got a lot of shit to talk about. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go to the movies first. Uh, cause oh. we had a kind of a theatrical event of the, uh, the decade, I would almost say, uh, that we need to talk about. So let's, let's all go to the movies. <laughs> So what could draw three of the pod men together uh, had to be Kevin Smith, fellow podcaster Kevin Smith. So uh, PMR talked me into going to see Clerks 3. And as soon as I get to the theater, he's like, well, guess what? We got a, we got a triple date here because Brian's dri- driving up just to see Clerks 3. Was driving up Brian drove across states just to see Clerks 3. That's romance. That's well, I had to make sure. I heard. Uh, I heard Brad was two timing on me, so I had to be there to bust up the date. Yeah, he squeezed in between us. It was very awkward, uh, especially when it was all guys that were were there. To, there were twenty guys there to see Clerks Three, probably. Yeah. That one guy thought it was hilarious. Though, I will say that <laughs> there was one guy up front, uh, and he he laughed at every joke that uh, I think pretty much failed. But uh, PMR, well, this was every... this was I your think movie. He may have been uh, deaf, and he was reading it like closed caption or something because his laugh would come a, a little bit later. Six, yeah, he'd come about six or eight seconds after the punchline was given. <laughs> so it's, it would be like they moved the dialogue had moved on, and then he's. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure it was funny. He was thinking it over in his head. He didn't yep, get it. That's, yeah, that checks out. That checks out. <laughs> well, I have to say, I loved it. <laughs> now, hold on, PMR. Okay, let, let me let me let, let's back up. Let, okay. let me let me tell you my 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 love of this. Right, let's back movie. up. We just started. Why. He's like, wait a minute, <laughs> don't attack me yet. All right. <laughs> This goes back to when we were all back when I was a teenager in the nineties. <laughs> when I was a teenager in the nineties and I owned my own store. I uh, And you were a clerk. You know, we were all clerks. I mean, Brian was a clerk, I was a clerk, Brad was Brad. a clerk. <laughs> not really, but <laughs> not really, but he was around there. I was uh, hung out. And we hung out, and we did. And one of the our highlights of that decade was going to see Kevin Smith movie. And <laughs> was it? Brian? Do you remember that being <laughs> like, the I highlight of the night? <laughs> I don't remember. Dude, no, we would always go see Kevin. No, Smith. we wouldn't. We saw we Kevin. went and saw Dogma. We went and saw Ball Rats. We went and saw. We did not go Kevin see Dogma or Mall Rats. We saw Dogma in the theater. We did not see Mall Rats or Clerks One. Or Clerks 2 <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> that one movie was a fucking... And I remember I we lied. saw Dogma, and all you did was bitch about it. Well, that's his time. least favorite. He said that's his least favorite <laughs> Kevin Smith Thank movie. You. I did. So, I remember <laughs> that fond memory of us going to the movie. This, this fake to see Gilles, Gilles. 
this fake well, memory that he has. Easy. Yeah. So, so when I saw two, so with our clerks too. Yeah. Yeah, I like clerks too. I thought it was yeah. great. So yeah. kind of like the the characters in these movies grew up with us. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> so when we see Clark's three and see how depressing it Ooh. life has really become. Yeah, spoiler. Boy, it hit a home run right there. I was like, man, this is man. my life. Uh, yeah. Me and Brad picked up on this is your life early <laughs> on in that movie. I I mean, there were some sad scenes in it, yes. Uh, but I was crying laughing. I w- it was all I could do to not just burst out laughing at the most inappropriate times. Because of how sad it was, and I in my mind, like I was like, can you, I had a beer that when it first started, I was like, can you keep all the, can you keep the alcohol coming? Because this is so goddamn depressing. Brian would look over at these depressing parts, and it was I couldn't make eye contact with him because I knew exactly what he was thinking. That what was, that? and then you look over at PMR, and PMR would just be looking just desolate over there, like holy shit, something really God. hit home here. Yeah, he was despondent. There oh was so God. many there was so many moments where it's like, This is this is your life, uh, Podman Ron. <laughs> it was uh Yeah, it's I, Alex, I know you said you did not see it and you probably have no desire to see it since you didn't grow up with these characters in the nineties like we evidently did. However, uh, you know, maybe you would see shades of PMR in it. Uh, what's, what's funny is I actually saw my own comic book movie, like comic book store kind of movie the other week. I saw this movie called Funny Pages, um, hmm. low budget NBA 24 movie that came out like earlier this summer, but it was showing at like one of my nearby small theaters. And what's funny is I think it actually it goes to show that that's how people fondly think over like what you're saying is how right. fondly think over this time period. And that movie, it's literally just like crazy ass artists who are like stabbing kids with pencils and shit well i can tell you in 30 years they're all going to be <laughs> depressed they're all going to be sad if they do a funny pages three it's not going to be good <laughs> so yeah so let's we can get into a little bit like the uh, plot wise essentially okay, spoilers, uh, spoilers. I, will say, I will say kevin smith did a good job keeping this under wraps because i've seen the interviews i even saw an interview with him the other day where he was talking about the movie when he hadn't seen it, and he had the cast with him, and the guy was like, I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, everybody, you know, Randall Randall had a heart attack. Well, shouldn't Dante be the one that had the heart attack? But everybody's just, everybody would have thought Dante would. And you could see the cast, like, you know, not looking and trying to, you know, not make eye contact with the guy. And, and, and Kevin Smith's doing like, no, 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 this is Randall's story. This is Randall's story. And, Spoilers, everyone. It is not Randall's story. It's definitely a Dante story. Well, so. I was, and this is the spoiler I was I was not going to give. So uh, I was really going to set up like the the first like act of the movie. But um, essentially, uh, Randall has a heart attack, <clears throat> and it's Randall and Dante working in the convenience store. The video store is gone. Um, uh, Silent Bob or Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob are uh, running like a uh, marijuana dispensary out of the video store. So Randall has a heart attack. Uh, He has a close call. He gets out of the hospital. He's decided (laughs) he's wasted his life and he's going to use, you know, he's watched, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of movies over his lifetime. He's going to take those skills that he learned watching all those movies, and they're going to make a movie. And the movie is basically Clerks 1 that they make. Right. The, that's, they, it's they literally. Shot by, yeah, they do shot by shot yeah. of old clerk, you know, scenes from Clerks 1. So go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, which was, which was very clever. I, I thought I, I thought that yeah. was kind of well, clever the we'll what say, they did. We'll, that. we'll say how that pays off. Yeah, then. totally. It totally yeah. does. So so in true PMR, me and Brad, the reason why we couldn't <laughs> look at each other is is because Randall starts with an R. Randall <laughs> Randall decides that he's going to make a movie, and so. Now, poor Dante has to do has to do everything <laughs> to make this happen for Randall. Right, right. And, right. And, uh, he has to raise the money for it. He has to <laughs> like get the camera crew. He has to get the extras. He has, Randall he has seems very it. unappreciative of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to the like towards the end of the like the like the end of the second the second act and Randall's talking about what a you know a genius director he is <laughs> and that Don Dante needs to get his shit together. After Dante's Dante basically leveraged his half of the of the uh the convenience store just to get the money to make Randall's movie. Right. So me and Brad are like, you know, we're the whole, uh, like it's hitting too close to home for me. Yeah. Considering all the cockamamie schemes PMR had at the (laughs) at the comic shop over the years, but uh, uh, and then yeah, it takes a twist towards the end because uh, I mean you've already I guess alluded to it. Yeah, Dante. Let's let's, let's back up. Dante's love of his life, which was Rosario Dawson in Clerks Two. At the end of Clerks Two, she was pregnant, and. And that was released in 2006. Well, you find out at the very beginning, I mean, like at the opening of this movie that she died in 2006, like right after Clerks 2, she died in a car accident. She was hit by a drunk driver. And so he never really. So that happy ending from Clerks 2 was completely wiped out. So so that's where we kind of are now. So he's he's been mourning her for 16 years. So that's yeah, I really want to see this, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, this is it's horrible this from this perspective. You've got, you know, you've got all of these, uh, you got all these conversations in the convenience store, and and you know where it was, you know, the famous uh, Death Star three or Death Star two conversation from Return of the Jedi, and they were contractors and they didn't work for the Empire and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's a pretty famous like you know uh, dialogue piece, right? Like uh, from that script, and so they keep trying to have these kind of conversations and stuff. And they're just, they're just not good. They're, they're just kind of out of, t- out of touch. They, they make these stunt casting things like, which aren't funny, uh, in it. Um, like the writing is just kind of like story and plot is pretty good, but the actual dialogue, which Kevin Smith's known for doesn't really land. Right. Right. Um, exactly. or, or at least the comedy does. Well, again, the drama part of it, I like. Uh, yeah. I would have been okay if this would have been a straight dra- drama and left out, like you said, Brian, kind of the goofiness of uh, not Ethan, but uh, the other side. Ezekiel. Ezekiel or whatever. Eli- no, it's, I'm sorry. Elias. 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 All of that stuff completely fell flat. And yeah. so it's sort of like if this would have been more of a straight drama compared to, and maybe in contrast with. Uh, the the first clerks or whatever maybe that would have been a better bookend but the comedy part of it was what really ruined it for me. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the funny stuff was the unintentional compare comparisons. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so then you get to the end of the movie and, uh, our tour, you know, the end of the second act or, uh, middle of the third act and Dante, uh, has a heart attack himself. But, uh, uh, right after Dante gets told that, you know, he's holding Randall back and he's the reason why Randall's not <laughs> successful. And, and uh, after Dante's done broken his back to help Randall this whole time. Uh, and so uh, he has a heart attack and uh, Randall goes to visit him. And he edits the movie real quick and goes to see Ra- Randall in the hospital and uh, plays the movie on his iPad or computer. And uh, uh, Randall dies watching it. Dante, so, yeah, Dante dies or, I'm sorry. Dante it. dies watching it. Yeah. So then me and Brad were like, now we're concerned of which one of us is the Dante. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> PMR is the Randall. <laughs> one of us is going to die on the podcast. <laughs> Trying to make PMR's dreams come true. <laughs> it's all for you, PMR. You're doing a shitty job at it. Yeah, well, it there it is. There's the Randall moment. <laughs> <Is that right>? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> so, again, I want to go. job at it. I did think about the movie afterwards. It stayed with me a little bit. Um, of course. Again, the comedy bits of it, if you took all that bullshit out and you left it with the overall thought that Randall was really doing this for Dante, which I suspect, you know, maybe Randall just changed his mind, you know, when Dante <laughs> has a heart attack. It wasn't really that way from the beginning. But, you know, because you, you think about and I, I haven't thought hard enough to actually go look for it, but we have a lot of videotape of the old days. How fun would that be to put that together? And you're in, because at the end, when, as Brian said, when Randall shows Dante, the movie that he made, which they had just filmed, they just recorded when he watches it played back, it's the original clerks movie. It's in black and white and they're all young and all that stuff. So it's sort of like, Oh, is that how? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he explains it. It's like, this is how I see it. I see it. We still look young. We still look the same. You know what, Dante? You go and do that. You go, you go and do that, Dante. Uh, but it did remind me of like, yeah. oh my God! Remember the the uh, recordings of uh, us trying to move that giant fucking shelf into the oh, back yeah. of the thing? I'm like, I haven't watched that in years. So it did make me feel a little a little nostalgic for that PMR. Oh well, we need to watch that. Yeah, I'd love to watch that. Yeah, I have no idea where it is. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, if you if you took out some Sorry. of the really I recorded a scat video over it. Sorry. <laughs> if you if you remove some of the uh, the grown worthy uh, dialogue sections, you know the comedy dialogue sections, and uh, the heavy handed uh, Rosario Dawson scenes. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think those were heavy handed. What I him think... at the grave site? That was that was bad. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that part was that was yeah well. Yeah. Not the, her speech in that was what was terrible. No, I mean right. her little thing about having sex with all the dead people that was kind of stupid. Well, that's uh, anyway. <laughs> so was she was only humor. in two I mean, scenes, and that one was exactly. Hard. Now, three. Uh, I think it is interesting that <laughs> in the parking lot directly after the movie. Do you remember what PMR said to us, Brad? No, I'm afraid. He goes, well, you know, it's funny because I am writing a movie script. Oh, that's true. I am writing a movie script. Yeah. <laughs> yep. About his life. About so. Well, here's the thing. Here, here we go. I mean, y- y'all were like, 
I think he's he has written something that's different than what he used to write. I mean, he's more of a serious uh, storyteller. I think I think the seriousness. I like the seriousness. Quite, yeah, I think I think that's a lot. He's he's a better writer than than he is a comedy writer now. Yeah, which is why I said well, because lay off the comedy. In Clerks really One, in he Clerks really One, he's pulling analogies out of his life as a shop clerk. Right. Right. Now he doesn't have that genuine experience to 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 like tap into, no. so it just feels forced. It so. feels like a same. man. It feels like a man who had a heart attack wanted to write a movie exactly. about a man who had a heart attack. That's exactly right. Alex. He wanted to no, know a man who had a heart attack wanted to write a movie about two men that had heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Uh, so I would I. It would be it would be fun to watch it again, only because of uh, again the the PMR connection. Uh, we'll air it at, at PMR's wake. <laughs> yeah, and say it wasn't even supposed to be here today. No, but we'll just like, dub it. We'll dub it every time they say Randall. We'll say Ronnie. <laughs> I'll stand up there with a the mic. Ron. But here's so, the thing. Here's but the, the thing. thing is, here's, here's the thing. thing. You guys are like. I mean, he. I thought it, I, I liked the whole thing about Dante, and he never he never got over his the loss that he took, and, and like the only thing he had was that stupid convenience store. And after 16 years, he still mourned someone like as what she said. You've only known her like 15 minutes, and you've mourned me for like 16 years. I know. What and, a it, and it was more about it was more about that loss, and that's why I kind of liked it. It was kind of like a it was kind of like a M Night Shyamalan twist you know you, so you're watching this whole movie for like two acts and right. you think you're watching this and then at that third act it just twists on you it does twist and, on uh, you. and then you just realize holy shit you know we, we've watched this this movie and it's all really truly about this one guy grieving the whole time yeah. twisted like my testes twisted like testes <laughs> so, we're watching this is all about this one guy grieving and then dying an unfulfilled life <laughs> Which again, PMR, I'm with you on that. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it was. That's I, what was sad about it. I will go along with that. But all the stupidity stuff with Elias and Satanism and this, uh, that, that just kind of ruined the whole thing to where it's just like the whole, uh, that's where the whole emergency yeah. waiting room thing. That's where it got, yeah. well, then that's where it started. That emergency waiting room thing where Elias was just chewing scenery and just Complete. way over the top. It was, yeah. it, that, I was, I think that's when I checked out. Like, yeah. Of the dialogue, like I don't think it ever recovered from that. Well, P- PMR, so. <laughs> let's get let's get a rating here. Let's give Alex some advice. What do you give it on a one to five? I'd give it a three. Okay, Brian, I'm not sure optimistic. Uh, I'm I'm going to go two. <laughs> wow, wow! I will give it. I will give it a three. Again, I loved the drama part of it. I loved what it was trying to say. The comedy was so written so horribly stupid that that's that drags it down uh, for me. Yeah, but I, was, but I will watch it, it was, again at some point. It was rehashed comedy at yeah, PMR's wake. I will watch it again at PMR's <laughs> wake. All right. Well, there do you go, play, Alex. So do not play that at my wake. I feel I feel really enthused. Yeah, you, you should. should watch it, Alex. You'd like it. Oh, Alex, yeah. you would hate it. Okay, Alex, you what have you got? It. Have you got anything better for us? Listen, I've seen a shit ton of shit lately. All um, right. 
But I guess the most pressing, probably the most infamous thing I went and saw this weekend, I saw Don't Worry Darling. Ooh. Uh, oh. The second. Uh, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go see it. Um, starring Orange Pugh. Uh, Harry love St- me some flow. Love you're me. cutting out, Brad. Oh, me you're cutting out, Alex. Oh. You got to keep out. that camera still, son. I'm just keeping my camera still. Um, there we go. So yeah, I went and saw it, and uh, it's um, it's not great. Uh, the way I've explained it to people is like it's a good first act. It's a little, it gets a little sloppy in the second act, but you know it still holds your attention. The mystery still is grabbing you, and by the third act, I think Olivia Wilde must have snorted some cocaine and was like, "All right, time to direct a movie." Now, now it's time to get started. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck you just did. You were all over the place. Mm. Um, it's just kind of a mess from beginning from from by the end. Like every and then it it taints the rest of the movie. Like the end just makes you go, then what the hell was the rest of this about? Like what was the point? And it just seems a little half baked. And most of the issues come with the script. The performances are good. The cinematography is beautiful. You don't really think about the shots until you're out of the movie. It's like really entrancing and you feel very like in the world that, that, that Olivia builds. And she's she's proven herself to be a competent director who like, I mean, it, the movie's stunning. Like, and it has her flavor in it and it's all that. But the script is just not there. And I don't, and I think two or three more passes and it would have been, but it just never, ever held up to that to that level and you know it sucks to say but it's just kind of if you're really wanting to go see it go see it but if it was something you didn't you could live without just let it be yeah. leave it and let it be it's not it ain't worth your time in my opinion i think it's just kind of a dud a little disappointing you would say yeah had yeah. a lot of potential maybe yeah i I'd give it a two out of five wow yeah alex when <sighs> When you say like the cinematography and the set design and all, I mean that's that's not Olivia Wilde. I mean she hired the people. Well, at the, but, at the end of the day, she's but, the director, so she's calling all the shots and she's crafting this world. Like she's she's made it, and so yeah, you know, to the credit of her DP and her and her set designer and all that and their relationship that informs such a beautiful world, and but also Olivia's direction with the camera. You know, working with her DP so well and crafting this environment. Uh, like it really, as much as it's every one of those people working under her, at the very top of that list is the Harry director Styles who had the vision for all this. Yeah, uh, Harry Styles does a lot of working under in the movie. Um, <clears throat> legitimately works a lot under the Love table. Love me some flow. Yeah, um, and again, table or sheets. The performances, for the most part, are even good too. Um, Harry Styles tries his best. Poor kid. Um, probably needs to take some acting lessons, but Ouch. for the most part, everyone else. Florence Pugh is doing performance of her fantastic. Um, it's just, it's just kind of a dud. It just kind of left me going. That was kind of a waste of time, and I'm kind of upset. I was really what, looking forward to it. PMR, what's can that you old man the, behind you think? Yeah, PMR? Can you ask the people behind you to be quiet and try to record PMR? <laughs> you know, can you shush them? You know, like any closer, and that dude would be sitting in your lap. <laughs> What like that whole patio is huge. Why is he sitting right behind you? Uh, you know, I don't That's know. the attraction you know. of PMR. He's got <laughs> <Exactly>. gravity. <laughs> but also, Brad, I think we saw a movie. We 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 saw something uh similarly. We saw the Woman King. 
saw the the woman king, the lady king, whatever it was. Not together, <laughs> unfortunately. I would have Not loved together. to see the movie together, but no. no my my but wife drugged the whole family up. Ironically, if you'd switch that up and said it was the Man Queen, it's a totally different kind of movie. Yeah, definitely a different movie. Uh, yeah, I talked about I talked about it a little bit, and I said it I, I said it was good. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it'd be great if the guy behind them started laughing. <laughs> Uh, no, I said it was good. Uh, I, I thought it was a little bit too long. It kind of drug on some scenes. Uh, but uh, Viola Davis was fantastic. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Of course. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, this is the best movie of the year. Um, wow. Terrible, a terrible ad campaign. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was going to be a little cheap and cheesy. But it turned out to be, I think, I I kind of akin it to Top Gun as one of these movies. Like, wow, it is pure entertainment. But the the added bonus of this is its history and the criticism it's gotten online is what the movie's all about. And it's so it's just this really, I think, a very important and very meaningful movie. And I think it's changed kind of the slave drama forever. Like, I don't think you can do that movie anymore. Because of this movie, unless okay. it's Frederick a Frederick Douglass biopic, I don't think you could ever make a slave movie anymore after The Woman King. Wow. Shut it down, Hollywood. <laughs> Absolutely, Alex says it's done. Put a fork in it. I, I have a lot of I have a lot of black friends, and I and I always ask them like, what do you think about slave like slave dramas, slave biopics, and they go. I've never, I don't watch them. I've seen like one or two, but it's just demeaning and all that. And here's this genre, of, and there's this movie that's empowering and it's uplifting. It's got a great message and yeah. a great heart to it with great performances, great action, great. It's stunning. It's just a really, really, really great movie. It's, and to me, it, this best, if not second best movie of the year. So, yeah, I, whenever I am first meeting a black person, <laughs> I ask, what do they think about slave Hi, my movies? Brian. <laughs> like I'm curious. That's it's my it's my go to icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Mister Dahomey, what do you think about this? All right, so let me ask you this, Alex. One thing yeah. that again, Viola Davis was fantastic in it. Everybody else was fine. I did like uh, Captain Marvel in it. Uh, Who? Photon or what? Wasn't that the uh, oh uh, one of the uh, leaders or Lashana, Lashana Lynch? There you go. She was good, great in it. Uh, and I like John Boyega, Boyega, Boydega, whatever. Yeah, Boyega. He was. Oh, he was yep, he was. He was the. the man, he was the man king. Um, he was. Tell tell me this. If you didn't see shades of Denzel Washington there, I mean, he was yeah, totally no. acting like Denzel. I mean, he pulled that I out. I mean, yeah, he was think, good though. Honestly, him and Viola Davis, I can see both at least getting nominated for best. Best actor and best actress, like respectively. Okay. I think for him, probably best supporting actor. But Golden Globes. Yeah. I mean, maybe. they are. I mean, they, Viola Davis. This is the like Nickelodeon said, award. She said it. They get slimed. <laughs> Alex, you know when you're gone this long and you come back with a serious movie, you know you have to expect this, right? It's no disrespect. It's just but okay. At the end of the day, here's the thing. You guys aren't going to go see it. You two won't, won't see it. No. But you're missing out on a really, really fucking great slugs. movie. That's a, that, Winner a of three kick. MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> Best kiss. <laughs> Best kiss. <laughs> <laughs> 
best tribal dance sequence. They did, uh, honestly, though. They danced a lot. They were always having a feast, right? And it was fucking great. I was dancing. <laughs> I, was, I was in an empty <laughs> I wish I would have seen it with you. I would have been bowing my head down, and meanwhile, Alex is getting all Dahomey in the aisles there. I was I was in an empty Dolby theater on a Monday night, having the time of my life. I was doing I was having a great time. Wow, I really do. I really we do we were the movie. only white people in our theater. That makes you really going better. to see it again on. I'm go, I'm renting out a theater to see it on Sunday. It's oh. that what you're gonna see? That's what yeah. you're gonna take the girlfriend to see on her birthday? That's what she wants to go see on her birthday. That's what, she's she's telling you that. That's what your money pays for, PMR. Tears, <laughs> <laughs> of the woman king. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying all your tickets. Uh, let me ask you this, Allison though, Alex. will be streaming in like a week and a half. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be on yeah. iTunes 99 Cent Rental next week. Let me ask you this, Alex. Have you have you done any research into the, uh, yeah, this is all based off of real story and all that kind of stuff. Is that, I mean, you can't, we had the comparison of Wakanda Forever. The, the comparison of, what um how Wakanda is compared to this, I mean you you have to compare the two, right? If this was yeah. if the, the woman king was reality or you know, some sort of version of reality, kinda like the untouchables, you know, it's not you know, based on true events, right? Like I mean, did they base the whole Wakanda stuff in the MCU on these people? Do you know? I I, I think kind of. I think that's kinda of where all this there is much like like you're, up, you're breaking up again a little bit. Oh. My back. Yep, you're back. There isn't much on like the creation of the Dormelage, but you can obviously see like yeah. the connection with the Dahomey tribe and the warriors there. Um, and yeah, Dahomey tribe. Is that what you just said? Oh my yeah. god! This is like the fourth time we've used that joke. <laughs> it's literally oh. the the tribe are they are the Dahomey. The Dahomey. Oh, tribe. Dahomey. Okay. But I think. I think for the most, I mean, you can draw a lot of, like similarities to Black Panther to like this history in Africa, especially like in what they went through in terms of the slave trade and things like that. And I think a lot of that hit its way into the Black Panther mythology, how they built this world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's like realistic Black Panther. Right, it's more right. like more like Braveheart. Like yeah. really, at the end, of the day, this is more. This is just like an African tribal women movie, <laughs> like Braveheart. It's just that. It's that's its comp. And honestly, it's probably better than Braveheart. A lot of the criticism this movie got online was kind of unfair. Because you rest the criticism of, well, these people participated in the slave trade. Yeah, that's what the movie's about, dumbass. Right. <laughs> the whole movie. That's the a plot of this whole thing. This whole political fight. And it's like. Look up what look up all the shit that's unrealistic and the lies they say in Braveheart, all the nationalistic kind of shit they say. It's all over the place. It's just a really great movie that has a really great message. Like, what other movie can you watch where a African warrior woman wraps slave chains around her head and beats a slaver's head in? You <laughs> can't. 
But it's fucking badass. And I like, I cheered. I was so fucking happy. It was, it was <laughs> when he went dancing, he was cheering. It was fucking great. I really love it. Um, <clears throat> so this, like, your movie event of the year was Top Gun. <clears throat> and this is supplanted Top Gun. All right, come close to it. Yeah, I think between uh, my top three at the moment is this Top Gun and Nope. And you could pretty. <laughs> You could pretty much exchange any of those. Okay, for your top one. From the list. Wow. Yeah. Were you on the podcast where we talked about Nope, Alex? Was I fought for it very hard. Yeah. Oh. All right. I, so I feel like you you just uh, disqualified your uh, review with that uh, that Nope. I've seen no, I've seen Nope three times. Oh man. my god. Mm-mm-mm. I think with it's popcorn and a drink. Good. <laughs> How much money is that, Brian? Calculate it quick. Yeah, he spent like a hundred bucks on no PMR. <laughs> I have MCA list. Um, I actually like. I actually like no. I have. I've seen, I have MCA list. I'm good, man. All right. Good. All right. So five out of five for the woman king. Five. Yeah, that's my third five out of five of the year. I don't, yeah, you, I what so. would you give it? I forgot what I gave it. I gave it either a three or a four. Again, there was some. There, I, I thought it was a little bit too long. Little drug out, and then there was one part, uh, Alex, that maybe I think I stayed awake for it, but maybe I kind of zoned out where they were making the uh, uh, termite hill bombs, right? right? And they kind of got the idea to make the termite hill bombs, and then all of a sudden, I think it was you know it was daytime or whatever, and then it turned nighttime, and the enemy's camp was set up right where the bombs were, and I'm like, wait a minute, how did they know? Did they do that? while the people were asleep did they set up the you know what so, so there seemed like there was a little bit of uh, it was, uh um, something it missing was like, there. it was this the the spanish guy the mixed spanish guy told told her that that was where they were camping out ah okay so i, I figured something seemed a little bit off there but anyway so yeah, i gave were, it either a three or a four i forgot what i said yeah all right what yep, else yep. you um i saw quickly i saw see how they run um which is just a fun whodunit movie starring Sam Rockwell and Sir Ronan uh, from Lady Bird and Little Women. Um, fun movie, just a fun, fun little whodunit. Uh, never heard. Of I, that I don't movie. think it's. It came out. It's like it was like a come and go kind of movie. Like wow. it just kind of showed up in theaters, and you were like, "Oh, let's just go watch this." And it's fun. Like I think it beats over its like mystery too much over the head and plays with the genre too much. Like not in like a fun way, more of an annoying way for me. But like. Three out of five. Like, <clears throat> if you're in the mood, go watch it. Or wait for streaming. It's a perfect streaming movie. All right. Very good. Yeah, that's what? it. That's all I got. Oh, that's it? All right. Besides you... TV. I've got stuff for TV. <clears throat> oh, we'll get to TV. Uh, the only other, well, actually, a couple of movies, if I may interject, because I know people want to hear about my movie viewing. Right? Right? Um, mm. We watched, uh, I can't think of the name of it now, Unbreak, not Unbreakable, Unbroken. The Angelina Jolie directed movie about. Um, I know you're. Was talking. this on? Was this on uh, Showtime? Maybe something like that. I think we saw it on Canopy. Brian, are you muted? Or you were just mouthing words? I forgot. No, no, no. Uh, from a couple years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unbroken, two thousand fourteen. <laughs> 
Wow, 2014. Holy cow, it's that old? Yeah, it is. Good Lord. Uh, but anyways, it was uh, pretty good, uh, a war film. Uh, it must have been on Tubi. It must have been on Tubi. I did watch. Uh, he rented it from the library. I did watch. I, <laughs> God damn it. You you know what? Canopy, which you can get access through your library to Canopy, Alex, with a K, has some pretty good offbeat music. Movies. I already got it. I okay. Got They've got some good stuff. They got some they Lars. Some the Kingdom uh, by Lars von Trier, an old. Uh, old uh, yeah. Whatever supernatural. They have some drama. great. They have some great old foreign films on there. Some a lot of like French, French film and Japanese a lot film. Of criterion. Uh, they have lots of Daniel Tiger <laughs> episodes. Stop. <laughs> anyway, Paw Patrol. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was directed by uh, P.O. Mars Angel- Girl, uh, Angelina <laughs> Jolie, and uh, it has some beautiful scenery. And if I remember correctly, I was trying to see if I could see. It. I think Roger Deakins was the uh, cinematographer. So anyway, Ooh. a very pretty, pretty movie. The other one that we just saw this past week as we're gearing up for Halloween is uh, a French film, uh, an old French movie, Eyes Without a Face. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah. have you watched that recently? Did you? I well, I watched that my freshman year of college. Oh my I god! Watched, I just had a face. Uh, my thir- my thirteen year old picked it out. So yeah, uh, great that, movie. That's what we we're starting our Halloween watching fest with eyes without a face, and <laughs> we're going to be moving to Nosferatu and uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari pretty soon this week. Neymar looks like he has eyes without a face right now. What the uh, he hell? does. Well, all, evidently people are having fun behind him. I know, right? People are listening in. Oh uh, yeah, that moves. Can you mic them up? Did you like it? <laughs> Did you like? I, I want to hear what it they're was, talking about. <laughs> it was good. I mean, again, uh, yeah, I thought it was it was entertaining. Uh, French. Uh, it was almost like a Twilight Zone episode or something like that. A little, but uh, nice. It was good. I've yeah, seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole thing. But anyway, French horror is really interesting. Really interesting, like just subgenre of film, like the way they go about it. They're cool. Kind of along well, the French might... horror. I'll say this and then I'll shut up, Brian. Um, is uh, if, have you seen Irreversible? I uh, haven't. No. All right, you it's got. Also you. My... It's more of a. Uh, not. It's not. It's a drama more so than horror. But you, you, right. I think it's on Canopy. Um, you got to check that out. And then, I believe it's French Martyrs. I have seen, yes. The original, I think it's French, not the American remake. The original is pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Martyrs. Martyrs. I love French film. I get to talk about French film forever. Talk about Raw? I haven't seen Raw. Raw was good. I enjoyed it. And then... uh, Is that that the Eddie Murphy one? That's the Eddie Murphy one. And then Titan, or Titan, whatever it was. I I did. My roommate, my new roommate, got me to watch Titan with him. He saw it last year when it came out. And I was like, what in the shit? It's a a little bizarre. (laughs) It it was one of the grossest movies I've ever seen. Well, there you go. It was gross. All right. I will shut up now as uh, Alex and I will start our new uh, French Wave podcast next week, folks. Over to you, Brian. Uh, Well, that's probably a pretty good segue. Uh, This or last weekend, I I went to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Ah, Studios. Nice. Speaking of horror, uh, uh, it was uh, another good, uh, you know, every year they've got uh, 10 haunted houses and they'll do these scare zones 
like where you just walk through and it'll be like, they've got stuff set up. They'll just come running out of the bushes or whatever. And, um, but the, the haunted houses for this year, uh, they had one haunted house that was the weekend. So the musician, the weekend had his own themed haunted house. <laughs> That's it was really, did they make really you listen good. to his music? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The, the big, the biggest problem was you had to listen to, you know, uh, what's that? I can't What's that one think. song from the Super Bowl? But I, uh, like, I can't feel my face. What is it? What's the name song? I can't feel my face when I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you had I heard that problem song probably thirty songs waiting or thirty times <laughs> waiting in line for the uh, for the the um, the uh, haunted house. But they, of the ten, we got to go. Th- we got through nine of them. Wow. So it's pretty good. The yeah, I um, that one though. A little tip for you guys and our listeners. Uh, <clears throat> Halloween, Horror, Halloween Horror Nights doesn't start till 6.30 but if you're in the park before closing you get they'll do a preview and they'll let you start going through the uh, the Halloween or the haunted houses at 5.15 uh-huh. so so a little, little tip little... we got three three haunted houses done before they actually technically open for the night uh-huh. so Brad uh, no that's that that's that Brian Locke there that's that, right that Brian tip so they had a Bloom House haunted house that was uh, it was a twofer. You had uh, Freaky, the um, Vince Vaughn movie from a couple of years back, and you had the Black Phone. Okay. Oh, I saw the Black Every, Phone. I yeah. enjoyed it. Black Phone's good. Every year they have a, a Universal Monsters one. This one was the Wolfman versus Dracula versus the Mummy. Oh. Um, so they had that one. They had uh, Spirits of the Coven, which was witches. They had one, and this is the one we didn't get to, but I, I've heard it's really, really good. It's called uh, Bugs Eating Alive, but it's basically the haunted house is it's all it's just creeps you out because there's bugs everywhere. That's the whole thing is that it's like it's a it's a house infested with bugs. Um, they had uh, another really good one was Dead Man's Pier Winter Wake. Um, it was like. Uh, multi-story haunted house like not you went but like no, the set pieces were multi-story mm. um and it was like a, a blizzard it hit this like uh seaport town and there was a there was a, a killer on the loose um but yeah really really good the the every year they have like their pinnacle sort of uh haunted house last year uh it was stranger things the year before that it was uh ghostbusters Right. Oh, wow. So, but this year, Brad, it was uh, Halloween, uh, and it I love was uh, Halloween. It was all based on the nineteen seventy eight. Was it seventy eight or seventy nine? The first one came out. Seventy eight, I think. Yeah, That's it was all based on seventy eight, <laughs> and they had um, they had the full built Michael Myers house facade in there, like scale facade, and Michael was up in the window staring down. The first room you come into is. What was his sister's name? Leslie? No. no. Judith. 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 Judith Myers. Yeah, so the first room you go into is Judith's bedroom, and then when you come in the room, like behind the door is Michael in his, you know, in the little clown costume and all. Uh, very good haunted house. You go, and you go through uh, the, the the house across the street where uh, where the one girl was babysitting and she gets killed and her boyfriend gets tacked to the wall. Then you go through the whole Laurie Strode's, the house across the street where Laurie Strode's babysitting. You cross the street and everything. It's 
you go through that little alleyway with the shrubs and, and, yeah. and all back. It, it, it was very, very well done. You could tell they threw, I mean, a ton of money into the, the haunted house, but uh, Halloween haunted house was fantastic. I always love Halloween Horror Nights. It's uh, probably one of the best things about being down here. So every year. All right. Very but, good. PMR is ready come, to bro. go. PMR loves a good haunted house. He does have a good haunted house. <laughs> let me go, man. Let me go. Can we talk about that story? Don't hold me back. Feet don't fail me now. Have we ever shared that one? I'm, I'm sure we have. On the road okay. to 200, I'm sure, I'm sure we, have. we have somewhere along the line. All right. All right. Let me go, man. Let me go. <laughs> All right. I've never seen a grown man run so fast. <laughs> you actually could hear the <laughs> when he was like standing. He actually lifted up for a second yeah. and his feet were like on a cloud of air. His feet were running so fast. Puff of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Before he got traction and took off. <laughs> there was a PMR shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> Wasn't it like a gargoyle or something that comes to life? Yeah, yeah. Or, or we kind of got a reference. Basically, it was a cheap, uh, it was a cheap haunted house we went to. It was those cheap. were those old days were cheap. Yes. Basically, it was uh, like just um, racks and cloth over them, so you zigzagged, and it was in an old like mall that was closed. So <laughs> we were in, and it, and it wasn't even in the. It was in one store in the mall. So think about like you know a closed <laughs> mall. And an empty, an empty Sears, right? And you, you went in, and you, you basically zigzagged, literally, like zigzagged. You know, one wall was the was the row of the of where the the uh, row you just left, right? And then, so you zigzag to the back of the store, and then zigzag back up to the front of the store. And we went to the back of the store, and then we were coming back up the front. And nobody wants to walk in front. Right. But the pro- here's the, the secret is if you're in a if you're in a group, the person in front never gets scared. Like they always go for people, the stragglers yeah, you know, right behind. So, or, yeah. I got pushed to the front of the line and we come down to the end of this row and there's a gargoyle up on a pedestal, you know, and, as you make the little the little bend back going the other way. And PMR's behind me. And uh, the guy goes, you know, he goes, Shh, when I walk up to him, I'm like, whatever. And so I turn around and start walking. And we had about eight or ten people in the group, and we get to almost like the other end, the other where we would, you know, cut back, and the gargoyle scared somebody. And people were like, "What's that? What's that?" And I was like, "It's the it's the gargoyle." No, the gar that was a statue. And I'm like, "No, it was it's a kid in a costume." No, that was a statue. <laughs> well, the kid, this is oh, this is maybe fifteen feet away. This kid is right. So he just. Hops down again, walks right up behind PMR while he's arguing with me that that was a statue. I'm like, no, it was a gargoyle. It was a kid in a gargoyle costume. No, it was a statue. So I can see the kid standing behind him. So I grab PMR's arms and I spin him around and he's face to face with the gargoyle. And he starts screaming, let me go, man, let me go, let me go, man, let me go. And I let go. He took off. I've never seen a man. I think he just ran straight through the curtains. And we didn't see him again until the parking lot. Uh, Good times. I was 12. Back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Back in the 90s when he was 12. Uh, Yep. All right. Well, all right. Do y'all remember that one we went to that had the helicopter that we had to go through? A, it was like a, it was like an army field or something. 
Oh, is that the one where it's like the? Uh, there used to be one that was like. Uh, it was an old hospital, and they had a helicopter out in the. Front. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, we went to that one too. They had two halves, cool. remember? Yeah. But the problem is the second it had they were almost the exact same haunted house, like on both sides. Like right. it was like uh, they did the whole thing with the the chainsaw and the fence. God, that was that was like thirty years ago. Good lord. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies if we could only watch a video, huh? I'm telling you. We could only watch a video. Halloween Horror Nights. Before we all start dropping a heart attack. I know. Yeah, well, if only we knew a filmmaker. All right, let's go to, should we go to the TV world? Yep. I feel like we have several TV shows to talk about. Plus, Alex, we yeah. have a few here. Um, so uh, maybe we don't spend a whole lot of time on them. Uh, but kind of uh, rapid fire. Let's kind of rapid fire through this. For first, I can't. In honor of PMR, uh, we need to talk a little bit about more, a little bit more about Cobra Kai. This will be our third episode talking about Cobra Kai. Uh, Brian, you finished it now. I finished it. Alex, you've finished season whatever? No. PMR, you've seen it twice, the full series, <laughs> twice, right? Yes. Uh, right. The full, I, but he's watched it. He's watched it twice in the past month. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Like, yes, yes. He's watched it twice other years before. Like, yeah, <laughs> seasons one and two, he's probably, he's probably on his like fifth viewing. Yeah, that's about right. Listen. They go by fast. Before he gets into this, I have tried with all my hardest to get oh. this man to watch House of the Dragon. Just start it. Just get caught up so you can watch it every week. But this man will sit and watch <laughs> 10 30-minute episodes of Cobra yeah. Kai back to back and all start it all over again. I'm like, what are we doing, man? I know, I know. Because Cobra Kai is set in the real world. Yeah. It's his Sanford it's, and Son. It's bra- about as realistic uh, as you can get. Cobra Kai. Is. Yeah, you Cobra Kai is in a real world. House of Dragon is not. All right. Well, yeah, exactly. I think we all know how PMR feels about Cobra Kai. Brian, any thoughts on the this past season? Yeah, it, fin- it finished a lot stronger. Yeah. Uh, than it started. You know, once you got to episode five, I mean, even the kids were like, "Oh, this is cringeworthy." And then we got to episode five, everything seemed to click. And I said this the last time. I think the first two episodes, they thought Alex that. They weren't going to have um, Miguel because of other engagements. They were kind of writing him off the board and then realized they were going to have him for filming. So they had to spend time putting him back in play in those first two episodes. Yeah. Uh, and then you had a couple of, then you had the episodes where they're kind of getting back to the whole chosen Daniel setting up that stuff. Uh, and then you had the filler episode where they brought back Mike Barnes, the bad boy of karate. <laughs> right. So then you get into like the real meat and potatoes of the season. So the last five episodes were were very good. Or six episodes, I guess. Here's but, my uh, thing. It's like uh, this. I feel like this is how every season of Cobra Kai is. It's like, yeah, it doesn't start off that well, but just wait for midway through the season, and then it's great. And I'm like, why? I don't have to sit through this. And then I do like three months later, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> It's the same story over and over. So yeah, pretty much it. Is. <clears throat> it's enjoyable. Uh, it's you know, it's it's a male soap opera. I mean, that's as, that's what it is. You know, it's the new Flash. 
That's true. Yeah, uh, I would give it a four out of five. PMR, you. I'd give it a five out of five. All right. <laughs> it's the best show on television. The show on television. The whole thing is, it's just, it seemed like it was, they definitely wrapped up a lot. I mean, there's like, there's no, there's no rivalries right now. I mean, everything's pretty much wrapped up in terms of all the kids and everything. I think season six will probably be the last one. I think it's all going to be based on the uh, next Karate Kid movie. All right. But, but no, the, see, I think it's going to be that tournament they set up. Yeah, this, yeah but I think five. all that's going to go into that because you've got – that's how you're going to introduce that group that was in that movie, in that fourth movie. That was the uh, the military brats that were the karate champs of that. Yeah, but how old is Michael Ironside at this point? Eh? Well, how old is fucking Martin Cove? I mean, geez, about the same age. So, well, we so, shall see. So we shall yeah. see. And, I give four to five. And the new Karate Kid movie that's being bouted about is has no connection to the Cobra Kai series, supposedly. So. Yeah, they've and what's wild about that, and I guess this could have been a news uh, piece of news, but yeah, they've announced the uh, the new Karate Kid movie, uh, and we don't know if it's a prequel. You know, they're saying it could it could focus on Mr. Miyagi and Okinawa. It could be uh, something in an entirely different, you know, uh, group of characters. We don't know. It would be. I feel like it would be kind of foolhardy to. To go to just use a Karate Kid name again when you've got all this goodwill about the series, but um, well, interestingly though, because of it, they pushed back Craven the Hunter. So they gave Karate Kid Craven the Hunter's um, release Marquee slot. Spot. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, well, it must already be shooting then. Is what I'm thinking. It's probably already shooting. That or they can. I mean, it's not going to be special effects heavy, so they can probably feel like they can crank it out. They can knock it out in a week. That'd be fine. So. All right. Yeah. All right. So, Karate or Cobra Kai, finish it. Finish it. Finish him. Uh, she Hulk. We got She Hulk. Is it over with? I've I've kind of fell off. It's of not it, over. It's, it's not over. All right. Uh, it, it should be. I Alex, mean, it's. I, uh, no one seems listen, to like She Hulk. What's going on? Listen, there? I actually, for the first five episodes, I was on board with it. I there's something I can in my brain. I can just turn it off. I've read She-Hulk books. It's just kind of like reading a, an okay She-Hulk book. It's right. not like you're reading Cream of the Crop, but it's a 30-minute law, law comedy, and it stars a big green giant and, uh, and with an actress that I think is pulling the role off right. rather well. For, for such like a weird character and kind of a niche character, I think She-Hulk has become kind of really popular and kind of cool, and I like I like the character. It's just like, this last episode just sucked. Wow. It was just it was just a nothing episode. Like they literally said in the episode, it's a bottle episode. It is just it's a wedding episode. You're not getting the height of storytelling or anything really game changer. The writing subpar. It's just meh. And like I don't even think it's subpar. I think the, the dialogue is just crazy. It's not good yeah, at all. But like any comedy, it's gonna be hit or miss with its audience. Obviously, She Hulk is gunning for a young millennial to Gen Z audience. That's that's its hit point. And for someone in that group, that works fine. I, but this last episode was just a nothing burger. And wow. you can kind of see the reactions online were that of the same. But also, 
they made the mistake of teasing Daredevil in episode five, and now everyone's and now the thing is that, that Daredevil's not coming until episode eight. So it's just like, mm. like wait for that and then finish the season. I mean, at the at the very end point, this, that's what people are wanting out of this show. As much as they're like, this is She Hulk show, it's become the Daredevil talk, and you know, eh, it's fine. It's just a fine show. If you want to, if you want a half hour show, you'll like it, and if you can just go. I don't know if you'll like it. Uh, the problem is this: this is something that should work, right? Yeah. And it's and it's worked in other formats before. I mean, Harvey Birdman is a funny show. Like the 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 humor doesn't land. Uh, the strong part of this movie is they cast extremely well, and and the she uh, is charismatic and likable. She, yeah. but like the world they built isn't great. The this, the CGI is is subpar. Uh, the jokes don't really land. Like uh, a lot of the humor is just kind of it's not biting humor. It's not, but it's not really like I don't know. There's it's almost like I would prefer they leaned uh, they step back off of some of this quote unquote humor and let her carry the show more because she is really good. Well, <clears throat> I was going to say, the, the part that's the, the suffering is all that courtroom stuff. And I was telling Alex the other day, we were talking about it. Instead of making these come out of nowhere superheroes all of a sudden, these people with powers with no explanation, like Titania, and this Mr. Mortal, and that stupid Asgardian thing that was running around there a couple episodes ago, <laughs> they should have really dealt with like some of the stuff that happened with the blip. I mean... So consequences that came out of the blip, like, you know, all of a sudden you come back and you, you've got someone living in your house or you've got, uh, you know, your, yeah. your wife's married to a, to a guy, you know, a different guy has got another family. I mean, or your wife's married. Uh, yeah. She realizes she's married to scroll. Right. I mean, <laughs> something like that. Exactly. I mean, it's so, interesting. There would have been so, so much stuff that's already established in the Marvel universe that they could have tackled and kind of, answered questions with that people have had over the years since all this instead of throwing bullshit that's not even funny in there yeah uh, it would have been much more entertaining and I, they could have been much more funnier actually Here's if they the would have done it that way at the end of the day this show isn't really not not to put off either of you from watching it i mean obviously you guys are invested in this universe just like everybody else but obviously the show was geared towards a younger female Gen Z audience. Like that that's the talk of the episode. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't think anybody's I don't even think young Gen Z audiences think it's hilarious or anything. They are, I think they but think it's what's stupid. funny is that they are. Like there are some people like you know how many times I went on Twitter and saw the Mr. Immortal jumping out the window like gif and they were la- like there are people who sincerely enjoy this show and it's just like it's just one of these things that's like it's hit or miss, either or. And I think that's the thing with a lot of these Disney Plus shows. It's like it's hitting a certain audience really well. Right. Dumb. But here's it's here's the thing. Audience. Here's the thing. And this is what I was going to earlier. MCU there it hit phases one, two, and three. If you look, the audience scores it hit a much wider swatch of the audience. Yeah. Uh, this. They're settling for oh well, fifty percent of the audience likes it. Forty percent of oh oh look look uh, the people love this uh, the Mister Immortal meme. Who gives a shit about a meme? 
Like, oh, look, they're posting this meme. I, I, I want to see a story. I want a well-rounded, well-thought-out, well-made story like we got in the first three phases. If they put out better product, everybody's going to like it. It's not going to be, well, well, we've got some people that like it or or half the people like it. Half the, the <clears throat> half the people liking it, we would have never gotten to Avengers Endgame. <laughs> we would have never yeah. gotten to that movie. So it, it's it's just the quality is just not there. And it's and, and Feige, I don't know what the hell Feige's doing. He's not overseeing the TV stuff, that's for sure. I think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you saw phase four for Kevin Feige was like summer vacation. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, just it's just like no holds bars. Do whatever the drink, whatever you want. Screw whoever you want. Just do whatever the fuck you want. And I think when we get I think even Black Panther is going to show this that going into phase five, we're seeing we're going back to this more. Everyone can watch tone more <clears> of this. Like, let's get everyone involved in this because we were building towards something again. Kind of like it's not phase one. I'd say phase four is also on the quality of phase one. It's kind of hit or miss. There's not there's projects you're gonna love, and there's projects you're gonna just be like, that was fine. But hopefully at the end of the day, I think Black Panther will kind of forever is gonna be the thing that's like like Avengers be the thing that's like, that was great. Yeah, we can all get behind this I and hope go so. forward to the next thing. But I, it's like I, I think right now we just I agree. It's just kind of a jumbled mess. I've liked, I think, a majority of the projects, but that's also because at the end of the day, and to your credit, you did mention this, and it is true. That's like this, like hit or miss. But it's like, I, and it's not just dumb fun. They're well crafted stories, but some of them are just dumb fun now. And it's this idea of like, I know what I like, and if it's not what's my cup of tea, I know at the end of the day, I can turn my brain off and go watch Miss Marvel or Miss or Moon Knight or falcon winter soldier and just have an okay time like but the thing is it's the simple things they it's it's they're getting the 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 hard stuff wrong and okay they're getting you know uh, okay you know it's hard to write this character it's it's it would be hard to translate you know 60 years of history of you know of xyz character to you know and they're going to be in a 30 minute episode i get that uh when you like do just comp- just do not care enough to even give the right props to the right people, yeah. right? Uh, for for the wrecking crew, when you uh, like, I'm still you, pissed about the wrecking. No, like he is mad it's about a the big oversight. Crew. That's a big oversight. The wrecking crew yeah. people wanted. People have asked for the wrecking crew for a long time. They're a well-established uh, uh, um, team and of uh, villains in the MCU. And so when they cast these guys that look like they, they they look like grips from the TV show, you know, one guy's from craft servicing, another is a grip. The best boy is playing Thunderball, you know, and and they didn't even bother checking which which weapons they picked up off the props table. I mean, come on, like what the fuck? What I will say is, I do think that obviously the wrecking crew introduction was absolutely ridiculous. But what I will say is. I think they're setting them up to get an upgrade down the oh, line. Maybe, like, maybe. I, I think that's. I don't think that was just their one and only ex- appearance. I think the whole point of the show, obviously, is that they want She Hulk's blood. Obviously, I think they're going to get it, and a lot. We're going to see a lot more like super jacked people in the MCU, just like rolling about. I think the Wrecking Crew is going to be some of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, you're right. I think this show has been poorly show run. 
They didn't have a clear vision, and it turned into just a kind of a half-assed, half-hour comedy that just didn't even have anything going for it. Besides that first episode, which I really, really, really yeah. loved. That first I loved the first great. episode. I agree. Here, I here's like the problem we've run into, and this is the this is the putting it in, in like uh, on a finite point to it. We went from the promise of Agents of Shield season one. And that was the promise we were given with all these MCU TV shows. And now the first two series were well plotted, right? Well thought out. And, and they put their A game in. Now we're in Agents of Shield season two mm. and season three. And see, now it doesn't matter anymore. It's unconnected to the rest of the MCU. Nobody's watching what's happening in these writer rooms. Nobody's, nobody is the, uh, uh, the um, uh, overseeing this the 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 television end of it, and what's wild is they have Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb was the uh, has done this for Marvel for years. Yeah, like let him oversee it if Feige doesn't want to. But Kevin Kevin Feige hates Jeff Loeb. He hates him. Oh, we've well, seen time again, and I think, but I do think I think that does. And you got you hit the nail on the head with that is like even though i think agents of shield kind of prospers and actually does better after when season two and three and four i think that show actually finds its stride there yeah that's, I agree. When, that's when things kind of also they became far more disconnected and far more loosely based and it's like all right you kind of and, just and in all actuality agent of shield is a lot better show than most of these damn disney plus shows mm. I would uh, say that. No, I, I've I enjoyed. I'd say I've it. enjoyed most of them. I think for me, the lacking ones are What If, She Hulk, and maybe Miss Marvel. But I also really like. I enjoyed a lot of Miss Marvel. There's a lot of like, like, yeah, Miss Marvel. Was she okay. Hulk. I know what they were trying to do. They're just trying to make a simple comedy sitcom, and it's yeah. just not funny. No, you. Yeah. Can, we cannot. We're in a world right now that you cannot. You can't be funny anymore. You can't say anything. So comedy kind of sucks. So you can't really do comedy anymore. Yeah, so, I think also the the hard part Marvel's getting at right now is it's it's kind of Disneyified. It's kind of in Star Wars to the point where you yeah. can't really say anything in these projects. You kind of no, just have okay. to like you kind of have to adhere to a corporate guidance of like, okay, this is allowed, but this isn't allowed. This is allowed, but this isn't allowed. Right. And, it's but, like, and then, but then also the movies are such big productions. The movies are what are actually driving revenue, and and they they can't really dive into any uh, characters that might actually end up in a movie somewhere else. Right? A movie almost. Well, they yeah. can. They have, and they will because Miss Marvel's going to be in a movie. And Captain no, I'm Marvel's talking about like supporting characters or having yeah. plot points. All of these these shows have to wrap up into a nice finite bow at the end of the season, so that you don't have to watch them in order to see them. Right, so you don't right. feel, you don't. They're, they're, so by design, they're disposable. Yeah, right. Like, well, there's no one that came out of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and was like, "This is necessary TV." I think if you're only <laughs> if you're really looking at it, the only one of them that I think is necessary, but hasn't even been proven to be necessary, but just like based off like what we know is the layout, as I think. Loki's probably the only one that's like necessary viewing. Like you should probably watch Loki in order to keep track with everything. No, I don't think they want you to be necessary. I think it's not necessary viewing. I think it's it's kind of like a it goes back to the whole Marvel comics back in the day where they used to have limited series. 
you didn't have to read the limited series to see to find out what was going to happen in Falcon, you know, later on in Avengers or what have you. But yeah. if you like the character, you watch the you, you read the series. It never, you know, see, it, would, it would have a it would have a life changing thing on his life. But but at the end of the day, PMR. Yeah. At the end of the day, PMR, who remembers that limited series? But who remembers the show? It's just well, the thing that if you like these shows, if you like this character and this and like say like Moon Knight and this Marvel, you know, instead of the, it's a, it's kind of brilliant what they're doing. Instead of introducing them in a movie that no one's ever going to go see, but you know, they they go that. ahead and give you a little they they go ahead and tell you their origin. They introduce them in the TV show, and the next thing you know, they're going to pop up in a movie like Miss Marvel right. is or. Captain Marvel is because you've seen them in WandaVision and you've seen them in Miss Marvel's TV show. So when you still see them in this movie, you're going to be like, oh, I remember them. And if you don't, you can go back and watch those. Here's the thing, WMR. At the end of the day, I think Moon Knight and Miss Marvel are both bigger characters than Shang-Chi. And yet people love that movie. People went out in droves to see that movie. Like, of the pandemic. at 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 its point in the pandemic, Shang-Chi was the highest grossing movie of pandemic history. It was the first blockbuster released after the pandemic. Well, no, Black Widow was. Black Widow tanked. Black Widow was released over the summer when Uh, many states were still in lockdown. And and Black Widow was released at the same time on Disney+. So you you had Black Widow, you had Snake Eyes. There were blockbusters coming out that weren't even going to digital immediately. Snake Eyes didn't go to digital. But... Shang Chi proved to be the first one that actually people went out to see that they were interested in seeing. It, it did something in Hollywood that was like, oh, okay, people actually like this. I think you're seeing that course correction in Marvel. Where it's like, oh, people actually do want to see these lesser known characters and will as long as we put in effort in our product. I know there's not. I think me and PMR are the only people who like Shang Chi, but <laughs> to the same time, like. A lot of people like that movie. It's one of the most well received of this phase, and to me, it's mm. in the better of the like, like, kind of. I don't. Well, I forgot the term. Origin story type MCU movies. I really liked it. I had a great time. Can we go back a second to something PMR said? I want to make a point about because he said that back in the day, Marvel would do these limited series, and they did. They would do a limited series, and and yep. so you'd have a six issue series with the Falcon. And if you like the character, great, but you didn't have to read it to for to understand Captain America or the Avengers, right? Right. Here's the problem with that. That should provide freedom. Mm. Not so now we're they're saying, oh, you've got the freedom to do this character and it's a limited series. Oh, but it can't touch anything that might be in a film. So they don't they aren't just getting to go in and tell a story. Right. Well, with that, with that, from a free perspective, because it's because it's a character that's not going to be in a film or anything like that. So it should be if it's like a limited series, that's where you had a chance for, to people to try stuff, try out new stuff. And if it stuck and people liked it, then you would see it in the Avengers or you would see it in Captain America. Right. Okay. But they, they it was they were provided the freedom to open up the concept and play around with the character and see if they could make this character more interesting. That's not what we're getting. We're getting these characters, and and it's like anything that could interestingly happen to these characters. Well, save it for a movie. Yeah. So well, I mean, we, we got Captain and uh, I mean Falcon and Winter Soldier, where 
he became Captain America. I'm but we already, big. but Bitsy Endgame already set that up. If you skip yeah. Falcon, they set Soldier. it up, but you didn't really see it. But it doesn't, he it handed doesn't him the shield. Like if he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he yeah, handed he him the, the shield. shield back. So yeah, but in the TV show. In the, in the TV show, he gave it back. But you don't. You, but, you don't but have you to flesh out the character with... now. Now, instead of just next thing time you see him and he's already got the shield, he's fighting. You see that he had this moment that he didn't feel like he was right for Captain America, and that he didn't feel like he deserved to be Captain America. Well, right, but that's neither did the rest of the neither did the U.S. government. <laughs> but that's if you want to see that. That's if you want to see that. But exactly, you can go. So you don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. You can go ahead and you can see he's already Captain America, so it kind of flows. You don't have to read. You don't have to read right. that mini series. You don't but, have to watch that think, show. But what Brian's saying is that at the end of the day. The the thing of the the show is that like well the thing with the shows is that none of them really matter. You're not really doing anything important in the shows to try to transform these characters. They're just the same the entire time. And you may get one thing that's different, like you get Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, Captain Falcon, which I loved. Captain I loved America. that show. That was great. That was a yeah. great show. Loki Loki becomes a weird time cop. Like you get these changes, but at the end of the day. None of them are affecting the movies you're seeing. WandaVision obviously did not affect Doctor Strange at all. It did not. But, but it, didn't, it didn't affect it, but you understood a lot more where right. Wanda was coming from. Because if you would have just saw Wanda going nuts in Doctor Strange, and you were kind of you would be a little confused at where these kids come from and stuff. I mean, you could probably figure it out, but... You know, you still needed WandaVision to try to, oh, okay, she created these kids. They, this is the whole thing. Maybe. I mean, so so you got that. I mean. But you know what's funny is I went with a friend who hadn't seen WandaVision when I went and saw Doctor Strange. And I hated that movie. It's my least favorite movie of the year. And they loved it. They had a great I, time. I like Doctor Strange. I didn't think it was mm. that of a movie. I hated I mean, it. I hate that movie. But it's so, like. That to me is the worst of, of Phase Four. That's worse than Black Widow and Eternals. And oh like God, it. no way! There's no way that Black Widow is the stupidest fucking. Doctor Strange is a big old floating turd. Oh my God, y'all are insane. <laughs> All right, well, other TV in other TV. Haters gonna hate. I, I got one. Well, I got a couple actually. What other? So, uh, Quantum Leap debuted this week. Oh God, no, no! Uh, I, you know how many times? I, I okay. Let me before you get into it. I want to say this little story. That trailer had popped up on my YouTube maybe and a hundred times in the last like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't give a shit. And then one time I decided to sit through it. Whole that is the worst looking piece of television I have seen in a long time. It looks like shit. So please tell me it was so I feel validated. It's. Uh, it's it's got uh, some pluses and some major uh, minuses to it. So I feel validated. Uh, essentially, you know, the Quantum Leap when you know uh, they came out in the late '80s, early '90s, you really only had um, Al and Sam Beckett, right? And Al was in the current timeline, and he was the tether for Sam back to. To Earth while Sam was jumping, you know, in and out of bodies, right? And and correcting things that went wrong, right? Reset, uh, correcting the timeline. 
And uh, Al would reference Ziggy, which was like a supercomputer. But you never, you never, you never saw, other than the very first episode, they allude to the laboratory where this all started and where Al goes to when the hologram disappears. So you never saw it. With this reboot, you're seeing uh, the the lab. You're, there's like a whole supporting cast at the lab. You see Ziggy, the supercomputer. You see um, Ben, who's the guy that's jumping down instead of Sam. Uh, you see his, his girlfriend is actually the owl, but he doesn't remember any of it. Um, you see like a whole supporting cast of characters and there's a B plot about why did Ben jump when he knew the machine wasn't ready. So that stuff's pretty interesting. I mean, and they're definitely, there's more world building in this than there ever was in the old quantum leap show. Uh, the old quantum leap show though, the strength was just the, the, the character and the charisma of, you know, um, uh, oh my God, Scott Bakula, right. And, and, um, the guy that played Al, um, Dean Stockwell. Right. So, and, and with quantum leap, you know, every, it was basically an anthology. Every, you had the overarching, you know, you knew it was Sam, but you were introduced to a new set of characters and a new problem and a new era in, in a new part of the country, you know, every week. So it, it's not terrible. It's not great. It has promise. Like if they'll, if, uh, if we can get through this and, and get into a little bit more of the world building, some of the mystery uh, as to why Ben actually jumped, well, um, it, it could be pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know how well it's been received. I don't know how many people are watching it. So it may just be another one of those. Okay, we got four episodes, nothing was resolved, and it's canceled. So I'm I'm interested to see where they could take it. Uh, at the same time, there's there's some characters that need to just be <laughs> cut. So uh, I, I want to yeah. see it. I, you know, I'm gonna give it a shot. I haven't seen it. Has episode two come out yet? Is episode two is uh, is was on tonight. So. Yeah, I'd be interested to, to uh, for you to watch it and let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. I did like I really did like the the first one. God, I love first Quantum Leap. Series. So yeah, so I watched Quantum Leap and Alex, uh, my because uh, I know you're gonna talk about uh, House of Dragons. I'll I give you watched a, the last episode. That's on my viewing tonight. That's where the time jump happens. Yeah. Right. So, but. Uh, I'm watching uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Yep, that's my thought. What did you say, Alex? <laughs> Big snooze fest. I think no he just fell asleep. He just that heard show the... sucks. Ouch. Have you watched it? I have. Every five episodes of it. I hate it. Wow. I, really? I do not like it one bit. It is. It lost me at episode two and episode three, four, and five. Just cemented it in my brain. Uh, Where did it lose you at? Where, what are you not? What's not clicking? Episode, episode three <laughs> lost me big time. I, I really. My biggest problem is I actually don't mind the story they're telling. The problem I have is I feel like it's so bloated for no reason. Like, and the dialogue is. I, I know it's the Tolkien-esque dialogue. But when people say that, it's like, it's not really. Like, whenever I watch Lord of the Rings, Frodo and Samwise, 
I feel their connection right at the bat. The dialogue is very heartfelt and sincere, and you get a lot of emotion out of it, even with that like very flowery language that's so Especially like, when they dance around. Like this, but it's like <laughs> this show, everyone sucks to listen to. Wow. And the one black character they have is a fucking slave right now. And I'm like, this is what you do with your cool elf character. The only character I liked in one and two. And he's like a fucking slave to orcs. And I'm like, this feels weird. That was it's only like, in one episode. Yeah. And, but it's just, it turned me off. And then episode four and five were just like, okay, sure. I guess the only, where I think everyone's, where I think I can see the interest being is with the stranger. I think that gets a lot of caption, but I think Galadriel, the actress there is dull. And I think for the most part, the dialogue's uninspired. But again, a gorgeous show and a plot that's not that bad, but with just a bunch of unlikable people. They're just so unlikable. The kids are annoying. The stranger is kind of cool, but at the same time, you're like, just get to the fucking point. And then Galadriel sucks, and she's your lead of the show, and it's like, you're just kind of whiny and kind of bratish, and I don't like you at all. Wow. But I'm glad you like it. That's not to say that I think you're wrong in liking it. But it's, well, it's not my cup of tea. What I was going to say was, if you watch this <laughs> and then watch House of Dragons, you can tell the production value is much higher for Rings of Power. I mean, there's yeah. when you're really- seeing a city scene and there's 50 extras in the shot yeah. versus most of House of Dragons is set inside a castle and there's two to three people on screen at a time. At most, like six. Well, so, what's, weird is, what's weird is you're talking about House of Dragons is still a $10 million show. This is uh, per episode. This is a $60 million <laughs> an episode show that with marketing goes up to a billion dollars. Worth They've said that, that Lord of the Rings is uh, th- that budget's overstated. It's more than, than House of Dragons for sure. But, oh, but they're yeah. saying the $60 million is is an overstatement. But uh, you've got basically the, – the criticism it's getting is they've taken – the whole timeline of the Cimmerillion and squashed it into all these events happening at the same time, which they didn't in the books. Right. But you've got Gladriel, you've got Elrond. Uh, you didn't like the, 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 uh, interaction between Elrond and Durin. Not really. Oh, wow. See, I liked, I liked Elrond and Durin a lot. The, um, or especially just Durin. I thought it was okay. I think you, Characters are just already lost on me, you know? And then you realize that uh, in Numenor, the guy that got kicked out of the Royal Navy was Isildur, right? Yeah. Right. And then the stranger, you don't know if the stranger is actually Sauron returned or um, if he's a wizard. Yeah. Like, of, of, uh, of uh, like you know, Gandalf and, and Saruman and all. So... Uh, you don't know. Uh, I think they're wanting you to think he's a wizard, uh, and he may end up being Sauron at the end. Yeah, but um, I'm yeah. leaning towards he's Sauron. It's just here's the thing. I think with this show and why personally I'm loving House of the Dragon. I didn't watch Game of Thrones when it was coming out weekly, but I'm watching House of the Dragon when it's coming out weekly, and I love it. I'm having such a good time every week. Like I think it's so well-made, so well-crafted. And my problem with this show is it's like, it's just so, like, loveless. Like, where I think the films go so right, and it's the perfect amount of childlike charm with this adult 
sensibility about it. This show just feels like a peaky, like, ah, oh, yeah, Lord of the Rings adventure. And it's like, where's, like, the actual gore of this? Where, where's the hardship? Of Never there. It always feels like it's, like, put back just a little bit. You don't really get to see any of that meaningful gore. Well, that's the thing is, this is the rise of uh, Sauron, right? So right. so you're seeing Middle-earth before everything goes to shit. That's the whole promise of this show is, as Ron walks on a treadmill, we can all hear that. Oh, can you? Oh. Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah, the, the, promise, the promise of the show is everything's going to turn to shit. And I really liked the fact when she thought, uh, again, we can still hear it. <laughs> can you mute? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm doing that. Uh, the that when, yeah, yeah, oh no, but uh, the fact that she kept thinking that sigil was Sauron, and you yeah. actually realize it's Mordor. Yeah. It's Mordor and the ridge line around Morline, Mordor, the mountain, the mountain pass around Mordor. So I'm digging it. Uh, I'm glad it, it's a deep cut into a lot of the Tolkien stuff. Right. Um, I do feel I do feel like the passion's there because like just the the quality of it. Galadriel can can be obnoxious, but I think she's supposed to be obnoxious. I think that's part of the point. But I wish someone would just call her out on her shit. It feels like it feels like they do and they don't. It's like I don't feel her ever learning anything. It's like I feel like the cast keeps calling her out on shit and then it's like but she just does the same shit anyways and it's annoying to me I'm well like, I, but see that's the thing is i think that's gonna that's gonna they're doing it for a reason i think you know it's gonna that's gonna pay off because she's gonna suffer like a major loss setback whatever it is she's going to get eat her humble sandwich before it's yeah, all said and I, done but listen i want the show to succeed i i while Lord of the Rings isn't necessarily my cup of tea, I adore those movies and the production design. Everything about them is astounding and such a triumphant feat. And I want the show to be on that level. And to me, it's not there yet. It's not even on Fellowship of the Ring level yet. Like, it's like, and of course, that's the least, that's probably everyone's least favorite Lord of the Rings movie. Not that it's not great, but that's just kind of there. And it's just like, we're not to that quality yet. And I'm like, when is the writing going to take a step up and just like really push something that's really like we're going for it we're doing it we're gonna get you invested we're gonna make you care and i haven't gotten that yet and i'm like well i'm sticking around because it's the most expensive series ever made but we're just not there to the point of me like really caring about it yet. here's here's the thing with uh, i guess this is the other thing that i'm enjoying about it is jesus christ Can, jesus christ is in there no why are you on this treadmill right now Oh, well, He's going to walk it off. Right? Walk well, off that uh, drink. I thought I muted it. You yeah. have not muted it. You got to um, turn, turn, turn off the microphone thing, not the sound thing. So uh, the, for me, uh, you know, I like all the Easter egg sort of stuff, like the, the tower, the forge they're wanting to build. You realize that's going to be yeah. – uh, uh, Saruman's uh, uh, Sauron's stronghold, right? Yeah. And then when you realize that, that the sigil was actually uh, the Southlands, which will become Mordor, yeah, when it's all said and done, right? It's uh, cool lore. Uh, the the where the origin of Mithril and why they need the why they're trying to get the Mithril. 
but the also the 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 mithril thing is going to be why the divide between the elves and the the dwarfs got so bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fight over the mithril. I I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, so yeah, I, I say so- check it out. I'm glad someone I know is honestly, honest to God. <laughs> like I have the first person I met. I'm so glad that this show is actually appealing to somebody. Cause then I feel bad for Amazon at the end of the day, they've spent so much money on this, on this show. Well, it's, wanted- it's got Ron tomatoes. It's got an 86. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, don't worry, darling. It's gorgeous. It is so pretty to watch. Like it is. That's probably why I turned on every week. It's, it's, it's fucking gorgeous to look at. But man, I just need it to be a little better in the writing department. Just a little better. There's no Cobra Kai, but you know. There's no Cobra Kai. Uh, PMR. Uh oh. I I think we've uh, lost some people here. Hold on. Let me see if I can get them back. Uh, They're slowly. Yeah, we. uh, I I don't know what happened. We lost uh, everybody there for a second. I think oh, you did. And we we were able to hear each other. Yeah, Brad's like, hanging up the call. He's like, I think oh, I may I may be draw, losing power. <laughs> yeah. power. So, uh, Alex, you need to watch Ruby, Reboot on Hulu. It's Keegan Michael Key, Judy Greer, Johnny Knoxville, Paul Reiser, uh, Rachel Bloom. But it's basically they had a TV show in the '90s, kind of like you know one of the old TV TGIF shows in the '90s. And Keegle, Mike and Key's Keegan Michael Key's character is almost like the Urkel of the show. Like, uh, but it was called like uh, uh, Step by Step, I think is what it's called. But it's uh, anyway. Uh, that was a real show. Step. Anyway, it's something about basically uh, Keegan Michael Key's character marries uh, Judy Greer's character, but her ex husband's still in the in the mix. Like you know, he I think he lives in the house with them, and and they've got a kid together. But uh, so it's a reboot. Um, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit 30 rock. Right. And so you got this whole, it's a clash between the daughter of the Rachel Bloom's character is trying to relaunch the show. Uh, Paul Reiser owns the rights cause he was the original producer of the show. And so he's wanting to bring in old school, like, you know, yuckety yuck writers right. and punch up the scripts with like more, you know, uh, that ki- that type of humor. She's trying to write stuff that's that's more meta in the, in the script writing. Uh, but then you got all the stuff, all the the drama with the the actors and everything because they all have history together. It's uh, it's I enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, it's very good. Yeah, I do so, want to say it. it did look good. The uh, previews of it looked really good. So reboot oh, on Hulu. To the list. And then uh. A quick shout out, um, did, Alex. Did you watch uh, Haunting of uh, Hill House and Bly Manor? I turned it on. I didn't finish it though. <laughs> what is that? I, fi- I finished Hill House and I'm on Bly Manor now. So I there's the haunted house. Yeah, yeah, it's a haunted house show. Yeah. So the first one is uh, they carry a, it's, it's two uh, two um, anthologies. Like they're they're two totally different. But they carry over some of the same actors into the uh, playing different characters in season two. But uh, but Bly Manor's pretty good. Uh, Hill House uh, kind of finished. Uh, you know, it kind of it was a kinda, dud towards the end. Kind of like but, Hill House always does. <laughs> yeah. So, but Bly Manor has started off pretty well. So, 
that's my my first uh, foray into my Halloween viewing for the year. Well, it's not even uh, October yet, guys. So you know, we still got like four days. Ah, whatever. It's October. It's, it's October. Um, I've watched House of the Dragon. Of course, I've, I don't know if y'all talked about it week by week. I haven't watched the newest episode. It's just great. I think it's probably the best so- series to watch on television right now. It's brought back that like week to week viewing. And I really enjoy that. Like, I really enjoy turning it on every Sunday night. Um, but what I've binged, I've binged two shows. I've binged Industry on HBO Max, um, which is about, like, a London banking firm. But it is stellar. It is so well written. It's like Mad Men, but in the modern day. I mean, it is, like, top-tier TV. It is so, so, so good. I couldn't recommend it enough. Like, the first episode will just hook you in so bad. And by the end of season two, you're like, what the fuck? It is, it's, I would say it's even better than Succession, which is like a great show. Succession. I've been, I've been talking about how great Succession is. You know, Brian, I think you'd love industry. It is so well made. It's so, so well good. So, so Talking about dialogue, like the weak dialogue and and writing in She-Hulk and the weak dialogue in Clerks. Succession's dialogue is fantastic. It's so good. Like imagine, listen, imagine Succession's dialogue, but like not better, but like just like maybe a tenth better than it. Like industry is so so good. And it never it doesn't get any award nominations, but it's insanely well done. Like it's ridiculously well done. It doesn't get the credit it deserves. Um and then I've watched Minx on HBO Max. Which is about the the like uh, the female gaze in the male pornography industry. It's really fun too. It's just, it's a seventy show with uh, Jake Johnson from New Girl and Spider Man mm. the Spider Verse. It's a really really fun show. If you don't mind looking at a lot of penises, there are a lot of penises. Oh, but if you're Alex. willing to look past that, it's a wonderful show. It's really clever. It's really fun. Half hour comedy. It's really Some good. might say that's the draw. What's the downside, Alex? Yeah, why do you say I got to look past the wieners? Listen, if you like the wieners, you like the wieners. That's that's your prerogative, and I support you in it. But <laughs> come for the wieners, it, stay for the comedy. It is a, it's a, if you're <laughs> come for, like, for the wieners. If you're looking for a not safe for work ho- like comedy, something to watch either by yourself or with your wife, <laughs> the kids are in bed. Wait for your wife to go to bed, and then you can watch your, it. Your browsing history after you've watched it. <laughs> It's a really funny your show. wife and your kids are in bed. If you want to, me and hey, listen. This this became a draw watch the curtains first. <laughs> this, became, this became a watch with me and my girlfriend, and we've had a really fun. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop! You go, you stop. come for the comedy, and she comes for the penises. <laughs> it, it is good. I, I I never finished it, but I watched uh, about most of the the season. It was good. It's really really fun. It's a really fun show. Uh, HBO Max is just killing it, guys. <laughs> like, if you want to watch something good, just go to HBO Max. Everything. That is my first stop. Like when I when I when we wrapped up Succession, we're like, what are we gonna watch? I pulled up and I was like, should I start Industry? No. Uh, but that's why we went Bly Manor just because it was Halloween. But yeah, my go-to first is normally uh, HBO Max go, when I'm with, when I'm looking to start with, a new show. Go with industry. I, I promise you, you won't regret it. It is truly like a masterpiece in writing and, and everything. It's just a really sexy show. <sighs> Sexier <laughs> than Minx? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Minx is just uh, funny, man. It's just a funny, funny show. 
Well, as we're mm-hmm. approaching the two-hour mark. I know. Oh, Brad's giving us the bell. He's he's playing the music. I, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, what do we have to look forward to next week? As we're on a road to 200, might I remind you guys that you got to stretch this Let's, shit out. We can't just all talk about every fucking TV show right now. We got to stretch it out. True. That's true. One more Cobra Kai season three. Yeah, we can talk one more episode about Cobra Kai, and that's it. PMR. Smile, smile comes out next weekend. Also, Lyle Lyle Crocodile comes out in two weeks. I want to watch Confess uh, Fletch. Yeah, give John Hamster some money. That poor fella. Billy Eichner's Rose comes out next this week. This weekend. What is it? But. It does indeed. As to, and then next week we have Triangle Sadness, which is one of my most anticipated of the year. Wow. Well, Alex is going to be busy. Yeah, I got a lot I want to watch. Yeah, I've uh, confessed Fletch is getting really good reviews. And in fact, you know what? I've decided, and I've heard that the books were always different than the Chevy Chase right. Fletch films we got. And so I've gone back through and I'm reading uh, the wow. first uh, the first Fletch book. It's uh, It's very good. He's more smarmy than, you know, uh, I'm a master of disguise. Yeah. He's more smarmy than charming. It's so, more smarmy than charming. Okay. So it's, uh, and it's a little, it's almost a little nourish with some of the stuff that happens. So, but uh, I've heard Confess Fletch is really good. So I'll be seeing that. I'll have a review for it uh, next time we, uh, we all come together. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's, I've been reading of Mice and Men. If oh. you want to. No, you haven't been reading it. You've been listening to it on Audible because I just saw well, the thing. No, look right here. I, uh, He's supplementing it with the audio. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. I'll watch the movie. Now I'll listen to it and watch the movie. All the books I have to read. Whoa. Oh, man. Whoa. Going through one by one. Are they one. all on Audible? Who they has time for that shit? They're on, they're on Audible. So I'm, I'm getting back into my reading, my reading grind. There you go. All right, PMR. Anything right. for you for next, uh, other than walking those uh, drinks off? Yep, uh, Cobra Kai season three. All right. God damn it! And uh, this has become this has become the new Flash. It's it's, uh, it's we're going to give our Cobra Kai update. Least there were more episodes of Flash to talk, but we just keep talking well, about the same thing. True. Yeah, it's the Cobra Kai retrospective. <laughs> no, yeah, which it's we should went from. <laughs> <laughs> he went from Bosch every week to Cobra Kai every week. Cobra Kai yeah. Corner, man. We should definitely do a Cobra Kai retrospective next week. But until I can then, retrospective. Uh, Aww. Uh, Save it for the fight. Oh, I had a whole thing I was going to go in on. Cobra Kai.